My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. On behalf of our family of hosts, staff, and the millions of listeners who have tuned in since 2009, we want to wish you happy holidays and ask for your support as we launch our daily in-house news coverage. Please consider making us a part of your end-of-year giving in 2013. Your membership donation is tax-deductible and the best way to show you believe in our work and the importance of a free, food-focused media resource. Consider donating today at heritageradionetwork.org by clicking the Donate button. Thanks for your support, and enjoy the show. Judy, it's going to be our love fest today. I feel the love. Do you feel the love? I feel the love. <laughs> I, I read a very inspiring poem before I came to the studio today, written by one of our guests. Epic. Truly epic. Yes. Whose girlfriend is a very lucky woman. I mean, my boyfriend has humiliated himself in many different ways, but he's never written me a poem on Facebook. <laughs> he's never humiliated him, himself in verse. Well, this is this is one in a series. This is this happens now every I have year. To go back. I look. I, I mean, I actually remember when their anniversary is. I don't know any significant event <laughs> in my life, but I look forward to this. I was like, it's about that time. Oh, what a Christmas gift to the, us all! The Iliad of love. <laughs> well, I should introduce our guests because they're talking. We've got Mishka Shubali and Zachary Lopez, Hi. who both used to be in. Fresh Kills and now are both like really great writers. They were when they were in Fresh Kills too. Um, <laughs> Ex-musicians making it as writers. <laughs> hey, I know another one of those. Um, Zach writes the adult problems for Noisy.com, contributes to Talk House, has written three books of poetry with Stacey Wakefield and a brilliant dis- deconstruction of the Misfits best song for uh, JFK Death Day. Thank you. That yeah, was, that was you. that was the best thing I read on the JFK Death Day. Um, that's not saying much, but thank <laughs> no, you. No, no, no. That was the only thing I read. <laughs> and then Mishka has a new Kindle single out. He's been like the most Tearing successful Kindle singer, single author, I think, that they have. Ever. Ever in the history of Kindle singles. Kindle terminally single. <laughs> um, no, you have a girlfriend. We read that at the end of your book. No, right, we've we've seen right. her on your Instagram. Well, terminally She's really sing- pretty. Both thank of you have very beautiful girlfriends. Um, the new book is called thank Beat you. the Devil, about quitting the rock music. Welcome, boy. Quitting the rock music. Thanks, thanks for having or, us. Or not. The book's uh, about being addicted to that rock music. I, I, I loved the book and related to it on many levels. It's it's funny, you know, because I it's you know it was sort of a goodbye to all that. Like I'm I'm finally going to move on with my life and finally going to grow up. And yeah, good luck with as, that. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I walked in here, I saw the slash bio and <laughs> and like picked it up immediately, and I was like. Oh, man, I you know I should put up an ad on Craigslist. You know, they're talking about meeting Duff for the first time at Cantor's. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm just right back in it. It sucks. And that's why when we we're um, when I was working on Eric Davidson's book about uh, '80s and '90s punk rock, why 
we felt that we never learn was the perfect title. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, absolutely. Because that that's it. In God we trust. We never learn. Yeah. <laughs> And Zach wrote, a, Zach wrote a really eloquent piece about it for Talkhouse about quitting music. So have you both really quit, Mishka? Obviously, I think we're just going to c- constantly do bands that are better known for what we write about them failing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, really, I really liked the take in both of your pieces where you admit like that it can be humiliating. Um, like, what did that guy say to you? Like, maybe people just don't like you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the Is things... Is it anything other than humiliating? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the critiques that I got for the thing that I wrote about Queen's Band, which I su- suspect Mishka will get the same thing, is that um, a lot of people sort of like hold on to this, this notion that you can't talk about art as anything other than worth doing for its own sake. And as soon as you start, like, sort of, talking about it as forget even just labor but i mean because people do talk about that but as soon as you start talking about it as something that like you can have like petty small feelings about and want to be liked for then you're then you're a careerist you're you know you're you're just you're in it for the wrong reasons and i think all those other people should talk about it in a very elevated way but i think that both myself and mishka are providing a very valuable service <laughs> by by giving the yeah we really you know well, we think, wanted this to be our lives. I think you guys share what I hope is a realistic view that I, I'm talking about my my worldview about playing music. I don't feel like I need to be in a band anymore because I need to be part of this group. Isn't it's not that kind of identity politics that maybe when I started out in my twenties I had, and I have access to women and beer and drugs now that I didn't have when I was twenty, so I don't need it for that either. So so it is a little bit more pure. But to actually do it and like you know be you know, beating myself over the head with a stick and doing things that I know are not going to be, uh, you know, never going to be compensated for. Right. And fighting for it on a Wednesday night, you know, playing at 11 o'clock in a club in Brooklyn for two people, you know, I mean, there's got to be a better way, but I'm and not willing, worth- and yet I'm not willing to give it up. Absolutely. And I don't think either of us, and I, I'm certainly not saying that that, I mean, that is worthwhile. That is why you, that is essentially why, that's why Mishka can't quit, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> but I, you know, it, I think it's also, it's, it, it's it's worth talking. It's worth it's it's okay to be bummed that there's two people there. Listen, you guys didn't come in here wearing yeah. like leather pants and bullet belts and thinking that you're still going to be rock stars. That's I mean, that's what I'm wearing under this. You know, <laughs> but but it's so much of that. You know, and you'll be seeing that tomorrow at the Otto's Christmas party. I'm sure. You know, people who are still living the Cinderella dream. You know, they're on the wrong side of fifty and still thinking that that you know that they're living in Johnny Thunder's you know glory. I mean, well. And I was, that was the ghost of Christmas future for me. That was the part where I was like there, but for the grace of, of, you know, common sense go I, but at the same time, you know, I mean, those guys, those guys actually never sold out. They never gave up the dream, and, you know. And, and there's some they there's tried a, to sell out. Well, yeah, yeah. nobody was buying. But I mean, you look at like en, you know, endless boogie and like and top dollar never gave up, and and at like whatever sixty five what or something, he's um, their band is kicking ass. And well, they're playing. They're apparently playing, not they're your playing, ass. They're, <laughs> they're playing tonight at uh, at uh, Baby's All Right. You want to go? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, perseverance. Uh, I'm not going to quit, and I think I'm going to. You know, I'm going to make a great record on 50. I'm going to make another great record when I'm when I'm 60, maybe even when I'm 70. But it's not. I'm not jumping off of amplifiers the way I was when I was 22 either. Right. I have a hernia. <laughs> so I seriously just got a hernia the other day. I have sciatica from move, from moving a Oy, dresser. Oh, my back! Exactly. From I was like, Do you have health insurance? Yeah. Excellent. It's, it's yeah. I can't wait to go in and get stitched up. <laughs> I mean, I'm recently taking up. You know, you guys have quit music for writing. I sort of quit writing for a while. 
because I got disillusioned with it. Um, not making any money. What do you, uh, the the rewards I get from writing are, are very different than it sounds like what you get from playing music because you're in public. You get this like you get girls throwing you know tail at you. Not Zach because he's almost married and in love. Word. On the fifteenth, this, this poem really just destroyed the curve. It really did. <laughs> I hope so. I, I, every every guy should go read Zach Lopez's po- poem to his girlfriend, and then try use it as inspiration to try and be a better boyfriend. We're saying be you better really band. should. You should. Well, I mean, this is the thing too is is that like rock and roll. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the subject. I can't wait to get to the poem. <laughs> well, no, I, if, if we <laughs> if we read it now, the rest will be denouement. Like yeah. we gotta we gotta amp up to it. This is like this the is stairway a prof- to heaven. This is a professional. Of poems. You can't just like. You can't just drop it. A right professional micro novelist speaking. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's the thing is like when you're 22, it's all about getting like coke and pussy and sleeping on strangers' floors. And like when you're 36, like I don't, I don't have an appetite for anonymous sex anymore. I'm sober. I, you know, I, I never want to sleep on the floor again. You know, I, I would really like to watch Law and Order <laughs> at home. I occasionally have to sleep on the floor for my back. <laughs> for your sciatica, yeah, yeah. I, I can hurt myself just sleeping. I mean, I can injure myself. I mean, it's, you know, wake up, haven't slept, funny, can't walk. How am I going to make the gig tonight? <laughs> aging is a cruel beast. Yes. Well, you know, in the, in the music business, aging being a cruel beast. I mean, it's it's a very fickle business. It's heartless, and you know, the next big thing today is going to be working the graveyard shift at Seven Eleven tomorrow. And I, I really enjoy again. I enjoyed your book very much, your uh, single, um, because I know you had you had some great breaks, you had some great gigs. You played at the AAS, you had that nice tour at the Riverboat Gamblers. You're traveling in some nice circles, but the, read about the tour and everybody who's ever been the opening slot on a tour knows opening band syndrome. You know, yeah. hello, it's Spinal Tap and then Puppet Show. It's, yeah, it, I mean it's a bloodbath. It's um, it you know it's incredibly demoralizing, and the you know and I mean also the the. The rewards are fleeting. The audience is as fickle as you can imagine. It's, and it's worse now, I think. It's, I think there's just so much out there now, it's even harder. When I, listen, when I was doing this in the 80s, there wasn't an internet, and we were lucky to have people's attention and lucky to be in tours, but there weren't that many bands. Recording studios were expensive and hard to use. There wasn't that much competition. There weren't that many people who could cross that barrier of entry to make the flyers, hang out, and get the gigs, and really work. Now it's just... There's more competition, and there's the same amount of money. You know, if there's if, not if, less if, money, if, or well, less. yeah, less. I mean, there's, I mean, well, he's still, I mean, it hasn't well, affected like there's more show money. price. You know, I think there's more money on the side of the creators actually, uh, because so many people are making music. I think you know, in Williamsburg and the hipsters, whatever, and all these people who are able to self finance projects. Where my experience was it was a little bit more DIY, and we really had to scrape it together. Now my competition is coming from people who are financed. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, who, who's financing them? The, the, I mean, the, besides, like, their parents. Who's that, financing that, 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 you, Joe? That was true when we were in our 20s, too. Joe, Joe's in the big ups. Who's financing your, your, your projects? Well, we save all the money that we get from playing shows, and then when we, you know, put out a record, our record label fronts a lot of the money, and then we have to, like, sell these LPs that nobody's going to buy. And so <laughs> we're in debt. Well, getting record company support is, is amazing. Yeah, Joe, we're going to kick your ass after this, man. <laughs> no, the, the poem is going to mellow us out. Well, I, sure I, think, I think we still owe some money to the end. So, yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth, girl. <laughs> no, there, was always, there was always somebody you know, who had money because you need a van, and vans are expensive. And if you live in New York, it's expensive. New York is so expensive, and it's so not friendly to musicians in New York. There, well, this is the thing. I, I don't want to fall into, like, geezeritis where we just bitch about how horrible it's been because it, this is the truth is – 
I really feel incredibly fortunate to have played on all the fucking Monday night bills, you know, where there was nobody there and go out and starve and lose my shirt and call my mom crying because, like, you know, I, I haven't been home for six months or something like that. I mean, this is the thing is that, like, it was horrible and also it was incredibly fun. You know, I mean, we had, like, some great times. I remember, I remember the. The Riverboat Gamblers tour. We had to drive back in the like leaving at like one thirty in the morning. Drive right back to New York, and I was one of the few drivers. So I was like, we we're trying to stretch out. There's five of us in this Toyota minivan, and so I like managed to get to sleep. And then I woke up, you know, four or five hours later, and I looked at Zach, and like my my like four day old stinky feet were like really like three inches from his nose, and had been all <laughs> night long. And he's just sitting there. Like listening to his whatever Cookie Monster hardcore, just <laughs> like staring at me with like withering hatred. Have you found and, this I mean, informs your poetry? What's that? Does this inform your poetry? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's uh, it was sublime. No, all, all of that stuff. No, no, we're, we're we're so we're so lucky, guys like us who got to live that dream on what what whatever level, like you know, playing on a big stage, playing for a lot of people, and if you stop treating the Monday night shitty gigs as a privilege that you shouldn't even be in it because every time you get up there and there's someone who's interested in hearing your art whether it's one person or a thousand people it's wonderful there are, there are another 10,000 who wish they were you doing that absolutely and I think it's still true of those that are 19, 20, 21 in New York now you know I get I always get really annoyed when people older than myself like when Patti Smith and no disrespect to Patti Smith but she does this a lot comes and does an interview and says so, you know something like New York is no longer for artists it's no longer for you know, musicians, it's this, other, and the borough that she spends most of her time in, that's true. Yeah. It's Manhattan is not for musicians. It hasn't been since, you know, 1991. And, but Brooklyn, Bushwick, Queens, these are all, these are, these are part of New York City and you can live with six other people affordably, you know, just like we did when we were 22 you know, Maybe you did, Zach. I did. Um, <laughs> you know, you pile a bunch of people into a room, and you get a band together, and they still and kids are they're doing it, and it's great, and there's a million good bands, and just it's chill right. out, yeah, no, 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 chill out. That's a it's a very good point, and that is how we started doing it, living in shitty neighborhoods. That later became outposts for... That later priced yeah, us heartlessly <laughs> out of the neighborhood. Yeah, there's 22-year-olds ruining neighborhoods all over the city right now. <laughs> yeah, but the, we're, we're going to hear a song from Mishka, because we're at the halfway point. Why don't you tell us what this is? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to come back with a poem. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I'm really looking forward to that poem. Um, and then the denouement. Well, you know, this song is just sort of about being uh, broke and only having... You know, the, the the reward for living the life the lives that we lead is is often just your memories, and then this song is about when your ex girlfriend throws away the entire shoebox of pictures. <laughs> a little Christmas cheer from Mishka Shubali <laughs> available on. You, you, you can't put your camp. arm around a memory. <laughs> Mike and Judy, arts and seizure. Let's hear it. Boxes and boxes of only 
So where can people where can people buy your records? <laughs> records. Records. Uh, on the internet. The internet. <laughs> I'm getting there, that. There is no physical product. I am so getting that internet. I hear it's happening. I'm into it. It's it's over. The, the internet <laughs> is so uh, last summer. No, this this is the problem though with everybody saying like the scene is over or it's impossible to do it now or something like that is that it just makes me think of like walking into a bar, you know, playing a gig in a bar and sitting down next to a guy of a certain age and he's like Oh, rock is dead. You know, like there's there's nothing new going on. You know, back in my day, we used to have real rock music, like Steve Miller Band. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's the same sentiment. You know, and it's, yeah, I mean, what, 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 what guy they, at a bar did you meet that said that? <laughs> that was me. Oh, the name. That's how we met, dude. Well, there's a certain <laughs> that rock. actually happened. No, Michigan, there's a certain rock is dead uh, lament in, in your book, though, um, because the world has changed. Um, yes, the world has changed, but more than the world changing, I've changed. And that's, that's the thing is it's not that it's not really that, um, that rock has died. It's that I've, I've grown up, man. Yeah, well, but, I mean, but, but what, your observation though, that rock is no longer, it's connected, you know, immediately with rebellion, with sex, with drugs. It's more connected, you know, as a marketing tool, it's pop music. Going to a rock concert used to be a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. But the thing is, if, if, even if a rock is dead, so what? You know, there's other, I mean, it's sort of like, is country dead? Is jazz dead? And, you know, going to country shows used to be a dangerous thing to do in certain towns. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's sort of like, I mean, I have these like 24-year-old editors at Noisy that oh. don't. <laughs> which, Love Steve Until Miller. I got to know them, yes, there, there, there was definitely a degree of, oh, man. But, they probably um, love Steve Miller, ironically. Uh, <laughs> They don't love things I run. They're really earnest, mm-hmm. and they listen. To, I mean, they mainly listen to hip hop, and they talk about hip hop the way that I talk about hardcore and rock. And they are just as nerdy about it, and they're just as knowledgeable about it. And they go to these shows, and they get into really weird shit, just like we did for rock shows. And it's fine. Yeah, I'm not I- gonna go, and I'm not gonna try to affect you know, like having any idea. Like, I'm not gonna like pretend to get some sort of visceral thrill. Um, from a lot of it, though, some of it, like, you know, like the Run the Jewels album that came out this year, you know, does give me that sort of I sort never of, have any idea who the fuck you're talking about. Well, like LP, who, you you know, he's, he, you know, he's been around, he's been around since the 90s, and he, like, he put out a record that gave me that same sort of, like, thrill that, like, Nirvana does, but that's few and far between, because it's not my, it's not a genre of music that I listen to. Right, it's not your thing. But, it, but these guys are, in, you know, and it's just, so what if rock's dead? Eh. Well, the other mm-hmm. thing is, the, if the prevailing sentiment is that rock is dead, then that's fantastic news because that means that we're poised for some band or some wave of bands from like you know North Dakota to to bring it back, you know, to make it meaningful again, to puncture like all the bullshit and all the hype, and like make it actually mean something again. I'm sure there are good rock and roll bands. I'm sure. Well, there's a million. I'm also great sure of them. Bands. Sure that. That they're twenty four years old and they don't reach my world, partly right. because I, partly because I haven't opened up my mind and turned on my radar machine enough. Because I'm not twenty four years old, I'm not part of that scene anymore. And honestly, I go home, I want to play Mozart. You know, he's been dead for two hundred and fifty fucking years, yeah. and it's classical music is dead, you, dude. You know, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like so, who am I? You know, criticize anything as being dead when I'm really just revving up the Beethoven. Yeah, you used to house. go to a classical music or, show, you get in a duel. Yeah, you know, back um, in the days, you know, war would rise up. And, and when like, I get when I get t- when I get tired of Brahms, I'm on my Hank Williams yeah. and my Jimmy Rogers because that's what it is yeah. in my house. Hillbillies and classical guys, right. and it's nothing new, but it does make me happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, not to. I mean, I do, I do. I stand by everything that I said about rock being very commercial and very be, being very prepackaged. But but the other truth is that it's great to be twenty two and starving. Like that's that's a great thing. 
I'm, I'm I don't right, know. I, I think I, maybe I, twenty-two is great. Yeah. Starving, <laughs> yeah, starving never, never starving never helped my yeah. heart. Twenty-two and starving is great when you're looking back at it when you're thirty-six. Yeah. At the time, you're like, "Fuck, I wish I had some food." <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But mu- music is more meaningful then, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, well, yeah, because it's all new. It's all so exciting. I mean, when I remember being thirteen and hearing the Clash for the first time, I was so like nothing. It's like the first time you get high, nothing is ever that great again. Like when you first fall in love with a band or music, like it's hard to replicate that again later. Another another note that I really enjoyed in your book, Mishka, is that um, I had the same experience hearing Chuck Berry, Johnny Be Good. I, that was exactly the song um, that sort of like flipped a switch in my brain. In my case, I heard it on the American Graffiti soundtrack. Um, I was like 12 years old when that came out. And I just heard that. And I just froze. Like, what the fuck? You know, it had that immediate... You know, like 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 a religious epiphany. This is what I want to do. This is going to change everything. Okay, I get it all in my head. You know, I had the idea what sex was going to be like. You know, and then you know, I heard the Big Bopper and Fats Domino and Jerry Lewis, all that shit that was on that record. And I love that you talked about fifties rock and roll. But that was it until I heard years later the Stooges and the Sex Pistols. Um, and even after that, like 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 a Beethoven piano sonata. There were just a few moments in my life when I heard a piece of music and it just spun me like a top. It, yeah, Chuck Berry for me still is the blue meth, you know, and, and this is the thing is that I, I can, you know, I can write, you know, reams of words about why I'm quitting rock and roll and like why I'm moving on and all this shit. And then I hear a Chuck Berry song I've heard 10,000 times and I immediately, <laughs> well, I immediately backslide. It's very optimistic music. Chuck Berry's message is that rock and roll will cure all ills. And I still believe that. I still believe that in rock and roll there is deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. So tell us about the reading you guys are doing. It's Wednesday night. And will there be a poem? <laughs> There's going to be a poem today. God damn it. <sighs> Mishka, why don't you talk about uh, We're, we're reading on uh, the 18th at uh, Mellow Pages, which is a very cool uh, independent library in Bushwick, which is walking distance from here. Uh, we're reading with uh, New York Times notable Tim Kreider, um, who is uh, one of the most polite and filthy people i've ever met i know tim tim's a fantastic we went on internet guy. dates like in the 90s or something i i love that dude his book is great yeah he's really fantastic. funny how were the dates they were fun he's nice he looks okay. like who's the politician he looks like john edwards john edwards yeah, <laughs> yeah he looks just like john edwards in other words he looks like a basset hound no no, oh, no he, that's carrie shit. he looks like a philanderer john, yeah so <laughs> oh who really looks like a philanderer but so, zach, zach will actually be giving us a sneak preview <laughs> of uh of the kind of thing the, the quality of writing that you'll be hearing on wednesday this night. is you've ruined the internet for all of us can you give us just a piece of this you've ruined uh, romance period you've ruined love you broke it uh, all right all right this Stop. is for Zora. Okay, so this is for Zora Tash, um, who is my fiance, um, who I love a lot. Um, she's got a band called Azar Swan. You should all buy her record. So there's that. They're, they're um, really good, too. I actually they, love them. Thank you. I love them. Um, and every year on our anniversary, December 15th, I write a poem for her, and then everyone makes fun so of me. Cute. <laughs> so cute. So cute and sweet. Um, okay, should I just read it? Mm-hmm. All right, great. Um, this is called... I know that I love you because we talk seriously about dogs and babies. I know that I love you, Zora, because we talk seriously about dogs and babies, without me setting the table on fire and hiding under the frigid air. I look down on man-children now and want to wash their mouths out violently with wine and give you the leftover alcohol and teeth. You are, after all, less frightened of monsters than I am. I know I love you because we talk seriously about a baby named Muhammad and a dog that is named Buckets of Blood. 
I know that I love you because when the door knocks and it's a man with a briefcase, the horror, business made flesh, I let him in, give him a seat at the table, the one reserved for the profit of our future, and I say, we recognize you, your love. You could have left the suitcase at home. We already know that you're serious. I know that I love you because I could seriously get a job, one that keeps you close. Your mouth breathing the same air as me is like getting paid just for showing up. I know that I love you because it's so humid that I just saw a fish. You say, Zach, let's stay in. Pull down the shades. Sunshine is for suckers. Anyway, I have something I need to tell you. And I start crying like an ocean picker-upper and put her downer, a salt adder. That's a thing, isn't it? You gave me a job, and it's someone who would die if you left. The pay is outstanding. I'm always laughing or crying with employable joy. And my mouth on your mouth is always in business. Yay! <laughs> that is lovely. I actually used to be in a band called Dogs and Babies, so I appreciate that. Joe, you just redeemed yourself with that the piano and the like crap synth strings. Yeah, like, now you have your liner free Wednesday night. <laughs> that was very beautiful. That was amazing. How many years has it been? How many poems Four have years. I missed? Okay. All right. This is going to be like... These poems will be compiled in an Amazon single coming soon, I hope. Sure. I, I, I can't wait to monetize our love. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when you preface the, the love poem with a sales pitch of, you should all buy her record. Well, you should. Like, this well, is the age we're living in, This right? is the nexus of art and love and commerce. Yeah. I live in the world, Mishka. <laughs> oh, she, just, she just had a tour. She did a great Bananarama cover, which I loved. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, she's in Canada right now. Hopefully, uh, listening. Uh, well, I'll send her the. the they, they don't have radio up there. Yeah. they're just they're too busy. She's, on try, she's trying to move the Elkhorns. They're trying to get reception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're too busy being nice to each other. <laughs> excuse me. No, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the reading is going to be at Mellow Pages, eight o'clock, seven o'clock. What time? Uh, I think it's uh, Bushwick, probably ten 840, o'clock. Eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. Because Zach's Zach couldn't be there until later. <laughs> What are you yes, doing, right. Zach? He's like the Axl Rose. Well, like, our friend, our friend Benji Bogan, I'll is be having too. a book release. I'll be there too um, in Manhattan. What a life you guys lead! Yeah. Book releases and uh, readings yeah. and so poetry glamorous. on the internet. Uh, it's so glamorous. It's, it, it's yeah. instead of uh, cocaine, it's like Tiger well, Bomb. You know, that reminds me. I got to take, take work off on Wednesday. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, but you know, but it really, but you know, it, it is really you know a golden age in a lot of ways. I mean, we're doing it. We're here. We're living yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I mean. I had to had to stop playing in stupid rock bands at some point because we're getting a new band together. You know, but I, listen, I can't I can't <laughs> stop playing music. I just think my music's getting better, and you know, and maybe blues and country roots music is the last refuge of a punk rocker. But yeah, I'm not the 22 year old kid anymore. And neither are you guys. So maybe our music should be better and smarter and wiser, and our audience is going to grow up with us. Let's hope. What did you say in that one piece? Was it like somebody went jazz? <laughs> 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 Was it, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you, no, I both read both yeah. of you this morning. So. Uh, yeah. Well, that that is that's that is that's always the danger. Don't go jazz. You Zach. can always go. I, I can't play anything. We we, we always get ourselves confused. Yeah. Fortunately, Zora is the one who can always tell the difference. <laughs> you can scat. <laughs> <sing. Joke. laughs> All right. It's been another fine episode of Arts and Seizures, but we're having a Christmas show tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, Monday uh, <clears throat> night at eight o'clock. It is going to be a. Heritage Radio Holiday Riot. We've got a cavalcade of stars. Tune in tomorrow night. It's yes, a cavalcade of stars. We have, we have a real live elf. 
Oh, that's true. We have an elf. <laughs> we, we have an elf, and uh, I believe you and uh, your boyfriend are going to get into the... Yeah, we're bait- going to have a giant fight on the air because I want a Christmas tree and he doesn't. Judy, don't push me. I can't have a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a fucking tree. Anyway. God bless us, everyone. For uh, for Judy McGuire and uh, Zach and Mishka, it's Mike Edison. In the Thanks. booth, as always, Joe, King of the Engineers, Arts and Seizures. Tune in tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for a special edition. See ya. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.